You're listening to the Autism Weekly Podcast. Each week, we share community voices and bring light to stories that increase awareness, acceptance, equity, access, and inclusion across the autism community. If you haven't already, subscribe to join the Autism Weekly family. I'm your host, Jeff Skibitsky, and I'm excited to welcome Catherine Nordberg and Dr. Eric Larson to the podcast to talk with us about Eric's Ranch and Retreat. Catherine is the founder and CEO of Eric's Ranch, as well as the mother of a young man on the spectrum named Eric, who Eric's Ranch is named after. We're also joined by Dr. Larson, who is one of the founding members of Eric's Ranch. On the professional side, he is the executive director of clinical services at the Lovas Institute Midwest, where they provide world-renowned early intervention services. Eric's Ranch was recently featured on the Netflix series, The World's Most Exciting Vacation Rentals, in an episode titled, Give Back Getaways. Eric's Ranch and Retreats uniquely combines volunteerism, where they welcome people all over the world, with the opportunity for young adults on the spectrum to live, work, socialize, and enjoy recreational environments. We're thrilled to learn more. Dr. Larson and Catherine Norberg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So Catherine, I'd love to start because the idea of creating a whole unique environment and investing in, in a ranch and, and a series of opportunities and volunteer work, it's, it's a passion project. It had to have started somewhere. Can you give us a little bit of the backstory to how this came about? Sure. Sure. When my son Eric was young, I started thinking about his future and what that might look like. And I just didn't really see any good opportunities for him to use the skills that, uh, and talents and, and passion that he had, um, in particular for horses. Um, and even in those days, um, we had to really try and find a space for him to ride horses. No one would take him because of his um, disability. So I finally found an individual who um, worked with at-risk kids and she said, um, bring him out, you know, because I was always advocating for him. She said, bring him out. Um, and I had a lead line clipped on him and I was walking around. She said, take the line off, he can ride. And in an hour, she had him cantering, which is similar to a gallop if you're not uh, familiar with um, horse terms, equine terms. But in any case, you know, it started there and he had the opportunity then to learn how to tack a horse and feed horses and lunge horses and everything we could build around the horses because that's where he really wanted to spend his time. So as I thought more about that, you know, it just occurred to me that if he was on a guest ranch where he could lead trail rides and give um, carriage rides or wagon rides and spend most of his time with the horses, it would be, you know, just so fulfilling for him and really perfect. You know, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work, right? And to be in a position where you get to do something you love so much, I think is really um, critical for all of us, you know. So um, with that, this whole journey started and, you know, started the nonprofit, um, started raising money, um, met a lot of people, and um, we have that lovely ranch in Montana today and have been operating since about 2014, two different locations there, so... I think that's absolutely amazing to be able to start with, it's almost like you had this huge barrier 
you wanted to give your child the opportunity to be able to try something new, to be able to do something that maybe he, he loved the idea of horses and you wanted to give him the chance for that, for it to evolve and you've now given back to the community in such a unique way. Um, I, I think Eric's lucky to have you, but I think that we all are. Um, I, the way you described it, the way you put it into context to say that, you know, we look at the passions when we are doing something that we truly enjoy is that I talk with that about with my daughter all the time. What is something you're passionate about? But you created belonging and community and inclusion with that. And I'd love to hear from, from Dr. Larson is what does that mean for the autism community, especially for the adults to, to find a place where belonging is the highlight where contributing and being seen as successful in all that you're doing, that, that is unfortunately not as common as it should be. How do, how do you see this on the clinical end? Well, I think the, the most important thing it illustrates that may not be actually obvious if we just talked about Eric's ranch, but it's person-centered planning. It's what is right for Eric is what is what he's passionate about but some other boy may be really into sailboating and another boy may be into mountain climbing and building a program around horse ranching which is his own personal passion which is not right for another boy or girl but it's um it's perfect for him and that that's to me the essence of applied behavior analysis and, and it sounds like it's, it's kind of the essence of life is that you should be trying to figure out where your strengths are, where your passions are, and figuring out a way to be able to use those to be able to continue to contribute in whatever way you want. And I guess that, that kind of brings me back to, and Catherine, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is that the ranch was initially kind of set up around, you know, it, it was around Eric. It was about how do we create the opportunity for him, but you've created the opportunity for far more people than that. And how is it that you're bringing so many people with that same passion into the, into the right place, but also creating that community outlook where those that are coming in for volunteerism are able to are able to benefit, are able to see all of these strengths and maybe it changes their perspective on what the autistic community is. Jeff, that's certainly the goal <clears throat> for um, the guests who come in, that they become advocates when they go back to their own communities because they see all the opportunities and all the passions and strengths that these young people have. Um, and I have to say, we just saw self-esteem just go sky high um, with the members who participate because it's, it may be the first time that they've ever been in a leadership role where people are actually listening to them and participating with them and um, really enjoying um, understanding and learning from them. So that's a, I think that's a new experience for um, a lot of our members. But um, at the ranch, we have a lot of different opportunities so we can, we can um, talk to our members about what it is they really love and then see if we can find a way to fit that. So if you really love landscaping and gardening, we have that opportunity. If you like baking or you know cooking, we have that opportunity. Um, we have a young man who really loves history 
and geology and both of those things we built right into one of our tours, Native American uh, history there. And of course the geology, um, it's the Yellowstone area. So there's lots to talk about there as well. So even outside of the horses, there's all sorts of other things um, that we've been able to um, add to the program. Um, we have a young man who has a water drum and he has demonstrated how that works and why and talked about that culture, you know, so just a really wide and varied um, uh, mix of, of things that we can bring into this one setting. And that way our guests really see this whole plethora, right, of, of all these skills and talents that this, these young people bring. I mean, it's almost as if uh, the ranch is its own micro community, in which case you need a whole diverse talent set to be able to, to really operate it effectively. You had mentioned one thing that I think that the neurotypical community oftentimes is wrong about um, when we're looking at trying to be able to help with jobs or job placement or even advice on employment is that oftentimes we don't provide those leadership opportunities to autistics, which is, is a flaw. I mean, it's something that we need to correct in, in the neurotypical community. But tell me a little bit about that, because that is unique, and it, it shouldn't be, but it is. What sort of leadership opportunities are, are, are you creating at the ranch for autistics to really guide the decision-making or guide the management of how things operate? Sure. You know, we are, um, we try and not, um, the staff is the staff. So that includes everyone. So we meet every day. We talk about what we're doing and why. Um, we encourage the members to participate um, by bringing their ideas to the table about how we can improve things, refine what we're doing, new ideas that might be interesting to the guests as well, um, and things that they'd like to share. And, you know, it's really working. Um, uh, that, you know, great ideas, great thoughts, and then the implementation of it. And that gives them that sense of ownership as well, which I've really worked hard on so that they feel like they own the place, you know, all of it, it's theirs. And, um, and then they, they have something that they really care about as well, you know, and that shows, I think, in all of their interactions um, with the guests, because it's that pride of ownership that um, we all have uh, in our lives at certain stages, you know? Yeah, I mean, the more you're connected to something, the more you care about it, the more you want to be a part of the decision-making. Um, and, and maybe, Dr. Larson, maybe you can, you can give us a little bit of your insight on this, but oftentimes there, there's a big confusion on inclusion versus being a, a part of a community and belonging and actually leading and all of that, whereas inclusion might just be the thought, oh, well, let me... Let me just make sure that somebody has access and can be a, be there versus belonging where they can drive decision making. Is are there resources that that need to be provided at times to be able to allow somebody to to truly benefit and bring out all the talents that they have and all the successes that they're capable of that are embedded into the ranch? Yeah, you know, you, you see the excitement when you talk to the folks they initiate and they're speaking loudly and rapidly and happily about what they're doing because it really is something that they enjoy and they are taking the lead in. And we have to school ourselves as professionals to step back and let them take the lead instead of 
assuming we need to lead them. And then, you know, what amazes me about Eric's Ranch is just listening to uh, Catherine go through so many of the different kinds of activities that the kids are taking the lead with. And now they're all young adults. I keep calling them kids. But the, it's there's such a diverse set of individualized options that I never would have imagined when Catherine was first talking to me about this concept. But it just seems to keep blossoming into so many different interests. And each, each person, when they come to the ranch, they're bringing their own interests. And Catherine and her staff are are not pigeonholing them into, well, here's your, your menu of seven options to do. Instead, they're really working with each individual and discovering what their passions are and letting them fly with it. Yeah, I think that's, that's amazing that, that you've been able to, I mean, to make that a concept and almost like, but make it a practice instead and put it into implementation is the hard part. Is that, is that coming up with the idea, oh, I'd love to be able to do this. I think we all could be there, but actually putting it to work, that takes a lot of effort to say, I'm committed to it. I'm committed to saying, you know, we're gonna have some ups and downs. We're going to have to have hard discussions at times. We're gonna have to look at things and understand how to be able to adapt which is also one of those things and accept that, you know, my vision might not be your vision. How do we find common ground? And I think that what you've done at the ranch is, is cutting edge, but I think it should be emulated in so many different communities. I'd love to kind of go a little bit further into understanding the guests, because I think that one of the things about the ranch that is so illuminating is the idea that you have people coming out here that finally get to see and appreciate and understand how much somebody who identifies as autistic is actually capable of and isn't seeing limitations, but is actually seeing, wow, there are a ton of strengths. I couldn't run this ranch, yet this group of individuals have come together to run operations and put together something. So tell me about their experience. What are guests saying about their experience out there, Catherine? I think we have um, clearly surprised a lot of individuals. So um, when a tour starts, there may be some um, hesitancy um, to ask questions that they um, are concerned maybe somebody can't answer. And boy, as soon as they get into conversation, <laughs> you know, you can see the surprise on their faces, right? They go, oh, wow, this young person really knows this information. And then they start having this dialogue. And um, I think the lights go on, you know? So then we have a lot of really delighted people. Um, and we're trying to forge that into something that's also a little longer term um, so that we continue to share you know, um, Sam's progress and what he's doing next with the guests who have taken uh, tours um, with him so that they have that sort of long term, they see what's happening um, for Sam and how that goes, and they can um, continue to have some communication with him. So we're trying to see how we can um, take that that surprise, that sort of awe and, um, and continue on with the partnership, if, if you will. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, I, I think that the moment that you're able to open up somebody else's eyes and they're able to share that story and echo it across their communities, I think that that is probably one of the biggest aspects that I didn't initially see. But now that like I look at, you know, what the ranch has been able to do, it's like, wow, you know, that probably created an echo chamber of empowerment, which is, I think the, the overall goal is to empower so many different individuals. The, um, Eric, I, and I, I have a question for you, and, and I think that this is one where I'd love to hear the differentiation on this, is that oftentimes with supported employment, supported living, there's a bubble around these young adults. And the way you're describing Eric's rant, it almost seems like that bubble isn't there. It's a willingness to kind of say, let's continue to challenge people. Let's continue to put them in places where they're thinking outside the box and they might not always succeed, but we're going to help them to find the right answers. Is What is that big difference? Because I've seen programs before where it's kind of, you, you put somebody in a box and you say, do this, and I'm not going to let you go outside this box because I'm scared that something's going to happen. Is there, is there a difference between the, the concept behind Eric's Ranch and what we see in other programs? Yeah, so you know, so much in the past, and Catherine and I talked a lot about this when she got the ranch concept developing, is in the past it would be, okay, here's our cost-effective program, our piecework in a vocational program, and how are we going to motivate each of the individuals to do this was sort of the big challenge. And, but if you really understand behavior analysis, behavior is all about the reinforcement. You do and you are attracted to what is personally reinforcing for you. And so that's what's so far ahead in, in Eric's Ranch. And she's not the only program that's got this kind of creative focus on self-motivation, but the reinforcer is the activity that we're enabling the person to seek out and develop on their own. And they're more engaged in the development and the leadership of it because it is the reinforcer. It's not a behavior that we're reinforcing. It is enabling them to access the reinforcer the way that they most enjoy it themselves. Yeah, and I mean, once you find that opportunity is that is somebody's drive will will encourage them to challenge themselves. It becomes intrinsic at that point, which I think it, for all of us is that if we have something that we're working towards, we're going to push ourselves. The drive will be there. Um, so, Catherine, I, I, I know that you gave me all the all the jobs and everything that exists and all the different opportunities that somebody could be a part of the community, but there's also a lot of kind of fun adventure activities that happen at the ranch as well that are it sounds like guided by your members and that they're active in being able to create these really cool um, outdoor adventures or just just fun activities do you mind sharing some of those because i think that there's a difference between an intentional kind of community but this is more than that this is providing a place that is a resort. It's providing opportunities to go out and explore nature around uh, the Yellowstone area or uh, the just outside of Mont uh, Bozeman, which is, I don't know, many people don't get there. Sure. Um, 
we do start with the individuals, um, but we do we have this amazing um, property with all that Yellowstone offers, you know, just outside the North Gate. Um, so um, the hikes were there to have, and we had to just decide, okay, what are we talking about? What's the what's the focus of these? And that can change with the individual because there's so much to talk about out there. So. Um, you know, one of the most current things that we're doing, we realized that one of our members, when he joined us, he talked about his rodeo roping. He was, he's a award-winning roper. And we said, okay, we're in the middle of, you know, the West and people come to Montana to experience that. Will you do a demonstration and sort of a teaching um, opportunity for our guests? And so um, that's going to um, start soon, you know, and that's just, looking at, at all the people's skills and what they have and then taking advantage of, of sharing those things with our guests, you know? So um, we also have a, a number of members, who, they love the horses, but they also just love animals in general. And we realized um, there's a, a farm outside um, of Minneapolis, just west of town called Carlson Llama Farm. And I went to talk to that owner because they're giving these tours with these llamas. Anyway, we found out all these things about llamas. And there are llamas out in the pastures in um, Montana because they protect the sheep and the cattle from um, coyotes and wolves, you know. So um, hoping we're on the list to get a couple of llamas because they can um, look just like our horse tours where people lead them and they feed them treats and they brush them. They get to learn all about these llamas. And another thing that our members are, you know, a couple of our members are really excited about because they would like to, to be the leader on that um, tour. Um, so we're just constantly looking for those new opportunities and they, they show up because our members talk about things and say, gee, what if, you know, which is not something they all started. If you ask them, gee, if you could dream, what do you wanna, uh, and tell me something you'd like to do, they couldn't do that because they'd never thought that was an opportunity before that, that they should be dreaming or they should be thinking about possibilities. A lot of them couldn't do that. So um, more of them can do it now. <clears throat> yeah, and, and you know what, I would imagine that every single time one of these ideas comes out is that Eric's ranch gets that much better. It's, <laughs> you get that much more creative and things just keep popping in. But there's also the, the volunteerism component. So, so what, is, what is that? What, I mean, what is volunteerism? Sure. So this isn't a concept that we coined. Certainly people have been taking mission trips, if you will, for decades and decades. So um, we just talk to people as they're looking at what we're doing that, you know, they could stay anywhere, but basically if they come and um, participate with us, then they're supporting this group of folks who are really trying to establish themselves, as you talked about before, as really successful individuals in society. So um, I think, it uh, gives people a sense of um, the guests, you know, a real sense of um, commitments that they're making and contributions that they're making um, to a group of folks who need their support, you know. So um, just by staying with us is volunteerism, right? Because they're there, they create jobs for our members. So just by staying. So we say give while you sleep, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, right? sheets, towels, and lives change daily. So just by coming. Um, but then if they take our tours as well, of course, um, that all the better. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, you've mentioned so many really, really cool things. And as a parent myself, the first thing I'd be looking to say is, 
All right. So how in the world do I get my, my child, my young adult engaged in this? Like, are, are there job openings? How do you even apply for one of these job openings? So if I have a friend who really loves the service industry and would love to be one of the members to be able to help support the ranch, like, how, do I, how do I give them that information and help them to be able to start their journey? So um, we have an application on our website and I think we get at least two applicants a week. Um, so there, yeah, um, so there's lots and lots of folks who would like to do this. Um, everyone starts in Minnesota at our location um, there, and um, and we're building um, onto Montana with a winter team right now. We just have a summer high season team, but we're open all year. So um, this coming winter, we'll have folks there, and we're building all those tours, um, snowshoeing. Um, we've got a partner in snowmobiling. We'll be doing carriage rides. We do a keep calm and brush on, which is an indoor horse activity for folks. So we're building all the tours around the winter as well now. And so we'll have that um, opportunity for some additional members. But we're at 17 right now. And um, we'll only probably have room for a couple more. And then we're, we're going to have um, a space issue in our building in Minnesota. Um, and we also you know we have to have enough capacity of guests so that all of our members can work full time on the ranch so again it's about capacity we can only take so many um however i'm you know i'm putting together building a presentation that i can share with others around the world actually because we've gotten so many questions about how do you do this and i can't talk to all those folks i used to be able to talk to those folks i can't talk to them anymore because that's all i do all day <clears throat> So we're gonna try and do that at least quarterly and also have some sessions where you're right out at the ranch. You know, I went to a conference at Disney and I thought it was the best conference I ever attended because you learned the concept in the classroom and then you went out in the park and saw it okay. in action, right? So we'll have a um, hopefully a concept like that coming soon where you can come and stay and you'll learn sort of the basics of how to build this and then go out and, and experience it. I'm so, so glad that uh, A, that people are asking how yeah. to continue to build these, but B, that you've been able to delegate a way to be able to systematically give people that information and almost not necessarily a blueprint, but a, I guess a blueprint to be able to kind of get there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I have a selfish question is that um, I've, I've got young children as well. I mean, is this a family friendly environment? So, I mean, are families encouraged to come and, and do their volunteerism at, at Eric's Ranch? Um, they are, and we do have lots of folks who actually come and stay with us. Um, certainly um, all the activities that we have um, there's a enough variety, so there's usually a draw. So, um, so the answer is yes. Um, we um, will, you know, adapt, do some adaptive things for, especially for trail rides, which is always a, um, a frequently uh, requested um, tour, you know. So, but yeah, we have lots of lots of families who stay with us. Uh, you might be seeing us soon, although uh, I, I'll have to get back to you because I do want to know that booking process. But I had a question for, for Eric before I go there is, so a lot of these jobs, and it, it sounds like there's a large variety, but a lot of them are sound like they, they require um, specific skill sets and maybe even some advanced reasoning skills. Are there, are there other ways or is there job training to be able to help somebody who hasn't developed those skills yet that they can still participate in whatever way they want to on the ranch is there almost 
a scaffolding of figuring out how can I help this person with their skill set do the job they care about? Yeah, and you know, and certainly Catherine's been so involved with the behavior analysis community with folks like uh, Eric Rudrud, uh, longtime um, consultant to Catherine and uh, others who have helped develop skill training approaches. But, you know, I just can't emphasize enough, this, this is about the right match of the right person. So if somebody wants to, you know, and there are other folks with autism who are engaged in computer programming and that's their strength and that's their interest and their parents are developing that kind of a lifestyle for them. And that's probably not at Eric's ranch, although I'm, I'm looking at Catherine and smiling because now she's going to say, well, actually, <laughs> So hand it to you, Catherine. Uh, uh, are you really going full steam with just about anything anybody walks in the door with, or are you really trying to match services to match people to your available kinds of? Yeah, we. There are certainly yes. If you said, "Gee, I want to be a white hat hacker," I don't have that job for you. <laughs> so, you know, um, we have um, some members who joined us early before the ranch was really underway. And we're working with them in the community, um, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul community to work on career paths for them. So we do have sort of a different um, path for some folks who say, yeah, I like the ranch, but I don't wanna live there. I don't wanna spend time there um, or do a season there. So um, we are working on those. Um, and that's you know more a, a traditional sort of effort. And when you were talking earlier about um, advocacy and folks understanding and learning you know, there's still lots of places, lots of folks that I talk to and they say, yeah, no, we can't do that. It's unsafe. They can't fit something, some, you know, whatever it is. And you still have, there's plenty of that still, those barriers. Mm -hmm. um, so it takes the, the right place. And yes, Dr. Um, Rudrud's been working in this field for years, decades, and he um, spent a lot of time as a pioneer um, trying to find those kinds of positions for young people in the communities, in companies, existing organizations. So we are doing some of that as well. That is outside of the sort of hospitality, you know, which is what we really are. Mm -hmm. um, we're just trying to make the very most of hospitality that we can. Um, and so, yes, if somebody really wanted to work on reservations, which is a real technical skill and work on all those platforms, Airbnb and VRBO and so on, we definitely have that work <laughs> in the technical side. So there's a wide variety of things, but if we certainly don't cover everything. Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and you couldn't be expected to. I couldn't imagine the resources necessary to be able to provide all those opportunities. But uh, you, you did talk about reservations, so I'm gonna have to go there, is that you all are extremely popular, and I, I want everybody to have the opportunity to, to be able to get on the list, to be able to make that booking. So where do they go? Like, how do they access and I guess, what are the lodging opportunities that, that are offered at Eric's Ranch so that people can understand what they can do and, and when sure. to start looking? Sure. Yeah, our small houses are really booked um, out a year right now. <clears throat> um, we're building three more. So hopefully those will be, depending upon supply chain and all those good things that we're all um, aware of because of COVID, um, going to take longer than we probably think, but another three small houses in hopefully next spring. 
Um, we have one large lodge that is sleeps 12, it's double occupancy rooms, um, and that's for families. You know, we have a lot of families who stay there or larger groups of friends who come and stay. Um, we have some stable bedrooms, much more rustic than our houses, and those are individual rooms, um, sleep two people. And, um, and then, like I said, our small guest houses, um, the one featured in um, the, most, the world's most amazing vacation rentals, um, the, the others are similar to that, so um, we'll have five of those soon. Uh, so in any case, the best place to go without all, paying all the fees is our website. So you can get straight to our reservations there and not pay fees for all of the other platforms. So, I, I hope everybody right now is immediately thinking to, to hop onto that website and book their trip to Montana next year or the year after and get an advanced yeah. planning. So what, what is that website again? Just so everybody has a chance to be able to go right to it. It's ericsranch.org and it's E-R-I-K-S ranch.org. Well, I have a feeling after, after A, watching your Netflix uh, series on there, and, but then also it's just hearing about the passion and the opportunity and just everything that's been put into Eric's Ranch is that this is not something that you're ever going to run into a, a lack of guests is that people are going to be knocking at the door for time to come. Um, I appreciate your time, Catherine and Dr. Larson. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. And, and hopefully you'll have, you'll have the Skibitsky family out there soon so we can take a look at the ranch ourselves. Looking forward to it, Jeff. Uh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS Kids. ABS Kids is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS Kids and the Autism Weekly Podcast by visiting abskids.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you again next week.